knows I'm ready to go if you are. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. heroes struggled in a dire battle against a, a trio of supposed villains. As folk fell on both sides of the battle, and jewels edged close to death, Zebulon and Chester faced down against the total knight that stood alone against them. Their clash was interrupted, however, as a strange gnome introduced himself as Rune Rusang. He appeared and exposed the deadly fight as an elaborate deception, a test of sorts. In a fit of fury, Zebulon attacked Rune, and after learning of his intentions to shape our heroes into infamous luminaries, Zebulon, Jules, and Chester stormed off. Lingering in their minds, though, is the diamond recorder held by Rune Rusang, an apparent key to their potential fame. Without his help and his recordings, what hope do our heroes have of escaping the sorry fates that await them here in the Radiant Citadel? Storyteller on here. Storyteller on here. Storyteller on here. Merry Christmas, everybody. I think, right? That's that closer. I don't know. We have to do the maths, and I'm not good at maths. Yeah, I don't have a calendar in front of me. Yeah. Or a calculator. Merry Christmas. <laughs> or Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year. Or both at the same time. That's Maybe what... Easter. Definitely not Easter. <laughs> I can pick pull up a calendar real fast. Okay, so... Well, we're going bi-weekly right now, but I right. think by then we're going to be going weekly. Shit, so we have no idea. So, so I have no fucking idea. We're not, we're not even releasing the... the we, we are releasing... This, no, we're releasing could, the 10th, October 10th. This could be Thanksgiving. episode three. It could be Thanksgiving. Then episode four is October 24th. Episode five is November 7th. And then this is so seven, this is, right? So this is between Christmas and Thanksgiving. Then. So, dude, so it dude. is Christmas. It will be Christmas season. Um, but it'll it, be December 5th if we stick to bi-weekly. Close enough. So Happy gonna Christmas. Be, it's going to be Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy everything. Happy holidays. Hey, folks. Future Jeremy here. I'd just like to let you all know that literally within an hour after we finished, we decided to begin releasing episodes on a weekly basis. So, everyone, you are listening on Halloween. We are great at this. It's the model. <laughs> so last time, right here on Fantasy Pants, we had uh, we had quite the quite the battle. I'll be straight. I took my gloves off. I was a real piece of slimy shit. Let my let my enemy come back on a, a nat twenty death save. What what breaking would you... all the GM rules? Yeah, you heard me. I broke them. I don't give a shit. I I really want to know how you would have felt if you actually killed me. Would there have been a shred of regret? Let's just say we would have had to open another champagne on on air. Beer, whatever it was. Party time. <laughs> Celebration. Celebrate the death of Jules LaRoche. Oh, yeah. Do you have a backup character, Jeremy? Not yet. No? But now I'm just remembering, and I probably should have one. 
because I I could die in a in a in a fake fight. This is D and D. It could happen anytime. I or could, I could stumble down the stairs and get run over by horses. <laughs> That's happened twice to each of us, or once to each of us. <laughs> it, has, it has happened. If you're rolling down one of those stairs, bam, horses. You know it's coming <laughs> every time. <laughs> you think the reasonable thing is fall down the stairs. No. Horses. Up the stairs. How? I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter if it's a marble staircase in a government building. Natural one. <laughs> horses. Horses. Always horses. <laughs> This has to be a thing. Um, Spiral anyway. staircase in an alleyway. Horses. <laughs> Sorry, David. Are you trying to talk? We're talking about horses. <laughs> You'll be talking about horses real soon. Anyway, if Jeremy, uh, if Jeremy did die, we just we just take him out of the show, and he could just we could just lock him in his room and have him edit forever and ever. And uh, <laughs> that that, that <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> uh, sounds wonderful. Say, and I gotta say, right here, because uh, we haven't really like touched on this yet, but. Any of the editing you're hearing in this, all, all, all the all the computer work that I'm too pea-brained to understand, it's all Jeremy. It's all Jeremy Wolf. Uh, this guy, tireless, gets shit done. And hey, we released we released episode uh, episodes one and two this week. How do you guys feel about that? That happened. Um, yeah, excited to see the numbers. I mean, you know, it, it's it's very modest, but but that's what we were expecting, and and we're having mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And I'm guessing that half of them are my uh, mother-in-law. <laughs> she's very and, excited and that's okay shout out to that's liz that's great howdy liz the, the whole point of this is to have fun absolutely you know, and bring others into the fun that's right anybody who wants to have fun come on in you guys we, we, were, we were talking a little bit about where we're going to go from here i was wondering if we should jump a couple days up ahead these guys seem to have other plans they want to start off pretty much right from the moment they left so uh, Damn I am straight. thrilled as a dungeon master to just basically step back and say, all right, what are you guys doing? You set the scene. You let me know what's happening. All right. So I suppose Zebulon, Jules, and Chester are all hand in hand walking away <laughs> from... <laughs> no, but... um, we, this a, we created a forever bond. Yeah, we did, des- we did decide to be friends and we're walking away from... Rune's place. Jeremy, where do you think our characters are heading? I would imagine it's either going to be one of two places. We're either going back to the main the main court area where pretty much Jules and all the Cherry Delights are hanging out, or we're going back to Zep's place. One, one of the two. So where the Cherry Delights are is the something of exiles, the Hall of Palace Exiles? Palace of Exiles. Palace, Palace of, exiles. of Exiles. Okay. It's also right around where your, your apartment is, um, because it's right around where the shield bearer's uh, home office is, basically. Arhalon stays close to work. I think it I think it kind of depends on where Zebulon feels most comfortable going. Jules is going to go anywhere the fuck he wants to go, but he's cool anywhere. I think, I think it's a matter of where Zebulon wants to go. Um, Jules, I think, I think we're going to need to come back here. You heard Rune. He's got the footage of... Well, I, I did some pretty cool stuff on Typhos. <laughs> and he, he said it. You heard him. We're a risk, and no one's going to work with us unless we're a sure thing. And what his paparazzi recorded me doing, I think that could launch us onto the luminary scene. Jules, have you ever thought about, are we going to be luminaries? What? I mean, that—that's something you want to do. I'm not. 
hear what else. I always thought I'd be a shield bearer. Really? Well, that's that's who my brother is. You'd be one of them lackeys? Your brother, your size, or? My brother, Arhan, no, he's he's a lot bigger and stronger than I am, but I think I could I think I could make a good shield bearer, but I don't I don't think that's an option for me anymore. Oh, kid, you, you definitely got some fighting chops. I mean, you, you, you saved our asses back there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, I always, like I said, I, I thought it'd be a, a shield bearer, and 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 Arhalan and I would would practice and spar, and, and he taught me he taught me a lot. But I I don't think he's gonna teach me anymore. I almost got hurt back there on Tythos, and uh, well, it's not fair to him. He's he's got a lot going on. And and I'm just gonna I'm gonna do my own thing, and and that might be becoming a luminary. They're so cool, uh, and and they're they're on the billboards and uh, cereal boxes. Haven't haven't you ever wanted something like that? Not particularly. No. Oh man. But I mean, kid, you I mean, you you got some real talent, kid. Let me you, tell you. You really do. And if and if that's what you want, you got to go and chase it. Me? and It's not something that I've, I've aspired to be. But if, uh, I don't know, if, if it helps my people, if it helps the good people prosper, I don't know, I'll, 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 do, I'll do what it takes. Well, I'll well, do what I have to do. Well, if you help me, then maybe I could help you and your people. This might be something here. So will you help me steal... The footage that Rune has. Chester just grins over at you. This is exactly the kind of shit he's, he's down for. <laughs> <laughs> because you heard him. He's not going to release it unless we agree to be luminaries for him. We need control of that footage. But he's... A, mm, he's... A jerk. <laughs> so if we... we, we, we right. We're going to work on that. Were, yeah, were you just trying to curse, kid? Mm, I, I'll, te- I'll teach you good, okay? I couldn't think of a good enough one. The one that I thought of might have been a little too much. Piece of shit? Go for it. Come Jeez. on. <laughs> Ruins your real asshole. <laughs> Jules, look at him. Damn. We're already corrupting the fella, huh? Right? So if he's, we he's can, on the right track. So if we can steal that footage from Rune and show it to a different agent, then... I mean, I don't know, maybe anyone in the Citadel would want to work with us. You may have a point, Jules. I mean, that Runefella's right. Maybe it's time we got out of the shadows and stepped in the light, you know? Actually make a difference. Actually do something. Huh. And imagine the look on your parents' face. If you end up on the screen, we can expose them for what they are. Goddamn, Chester, you know my weakness. <laughs> Always. Let's do it. Let's do it. Perfect. Okay, so first things first, you each get a button. Oh, that was hey. button baby! Strong start. I that. loved it. Thanks, Fantastic. David. Fantastic. Hell yeah! You probably earned them because uh, I claimed a lot last session, maybe unfairly. It was like ten or fifteen minutes where you didn't have to do any work, so it's great. I took a nap. <laughs> I'm ready to go now. So, uh, let's Wait. talk about your plan here. What's that, listener? The show was incredible for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, David, David. Mm. 
just leave us a like and a comment. And give, me that, let us, give me that button back. Well, yeah. <laughs> let us know how much you enjoyed the show without David in it. <laughs> See if you get another one in the next four sessions. Whatever, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> What's your plan? <laughs> Z- what was your name? Zeb again? Zeb, right? Zeb- Zebulon. Yes. Zebulon. Okay. Zebulon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Zebulon. Zebulon Brash. Oh, I dig it. I dig it. Um, Jules, yeah, right? Yeah. Jules. And no, I'm Chester. Chucky. Chester. That, right. No, no, not Chucky. No, we don't do that. <laughs> People get stabbed for that. Jeez, you're a feisty one, huh? A little bit. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we, we definitely got to lay out a plan here. We, we can't just go back and grab it. Well, I ain't seen any windows in that building. Only one way in that way I looked at it. We might have to fight our way in. Well, geez, kind of, we almost just did. I mean, we only saw the front of the building, right? All right, how about this? How about this? Let's go get a little bit of rest. Maybe maybe discuss a little bit, plan a little bit, make sure we're ready. Yeah. Well rested. Mechanically speaking, a long rest. <laughs> you ever pick a lock, Zebulon? We have tried to sneak into Arhalon's diary when we were kids, but I think that's uh, I think that's a little bit different than somebody's front door. Ooh, this guy's real nefarious, huh, Jules? Mm-hmm. I got some tools I can give you a rundown on in the meanwhile. There's some real juicy stuff in there, I'll have you know. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so I take everyone's heading back to the uh, Palace of Exile, then. Have you ever read a 16-year-old Half Dragon's Diary. They hit puberty at 16, you know. All right, uh, your place and mine. I don't really have a place, so it's gonna be out. Gonna be out in the middle of middle of all the people. Um, my my place isn't really an option anymore, but I do think that we could go visit Gina. Who that? She's kind of my my mom. She's, she's Arhalon's mom. Arthalon. Arthalon? Uh, close. Arhalon. Ar? Ar? Ha? Lon. Lon. That's my brother. Okay. All together now. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all got different moms? Arhalon. Arhalon. That's right, Chester. All right. I mean, if it's a safe house, I'm, I'm down with it. I, I, I'm pretty sure we'll be, we'll be safe with Xena. I mean, she is uh, part dragon, after all. I mean, how close are you to her? Well, I mean, I, I grew up with Xena, of course. She's eccentric. I can dig it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. She's safe. Where does she, uh, where does she lean on the, uh, say, political spectrum? That's not something that Xena's going to pay much attention to. If, uh... That, that, that's all I need to hear. Okay. That's okay. So, so, I think, I think we could stay with Gina at least long enough to, um, rest up. And then, uh, come right back here and show this guy who's boss. I like where this is going. What do you say, Chester? Oh, man. Sounds good to me. All right. I, all I right. think... So you gotta start moving? 
head off to Zima's apartment. Yeah, as we get closer to the apartment, I'm going to kind of drop back behind Zebulon a little bit. Chester was thinking the exact same thing. I don't know this person. Or this dragon. I'm not I'm not I'm not scared. More just <laughs> cautious. As you drop back, Chester actually kind of like weighs you to come in close. He says, "Holy shit, Jules. You know who this brat is?" No idea. He's a brass, Jules. He's on a show lace. This guy's got this guy's got mad famous parents. Oh shit. <laughs> that brass. Yeah. Yeah. We may just stumble upon gold here. Talking about. We keep the kid around, we help him. Well, or we don't. Either way, we can make money off of this guy. We can get influence off of this guy. I, I think this is a little different, Justin. Alright. Just keeping options I'm, open. I'm, I'm feeling a little different about this one, okay? You're the boss, Jules. You know that. This might be something real good for for all of us, including him. All right. All right. Well, I'm just going to keep my eyes open anyway. All right. You do you. And uh, you guys all move across. So you're... Uh, let's think. I think... Um, what are you doing trying to fucking make... <laughs> Get the idea of making money <laughs> off of Zebulon. <laughs> Fuck that shit. And he was too um, hard. But yeah, so Xena's place, I think, is actually not terribly far. We once showed a flashback of Zebulon and Arhalon standing at a massive door entering deeper into the Radiant Citadel, into the giant auroral diamond the Citadel is built around. Um, this opening... There's there's a, there's a number of like villas and, and, and sort of you know nice townhomes and stuff built uh, close by this. Um, a lot of them belong to the speakers for the ancestors who uh, generally do their governance from within the diamond. Zena's house is amongst these, sort of tucked off to the side. It's kind of pushed farther back. There's a, actually a, a decent yard to this house, which is kind of strange in the Citadel. Um, Strings had to be pulled in order to make that happen because stuff's pretty tight together. But you do see this this building, um, very very well kept. The lawn is, you know, well taken care of. Uh, there's a gate that you can just easily push open and walk through, and you move up to this uh, this large upscale building. So so that part of the citadel that you're talking about, that's that's pretty close to the Court of Whispers, right? Fairly close. Yes, it's not far Excellent. at all. Yep. That's that's convenient for us. Yeah. It is? Yeah, so if if the gate's open, Zebulon will push it open and walk up to the door and rap a tap tap on the door. Okay. I'd say we're probably about five to ten feet behind him. All right. You don't hear an answer at first. Gina! Gina! You hear, like, from somewhere then, like a roar of some beast. Zebulon! You hear, like, stuff starts falling. Like, like a bunch of clattering from inside the house deeper in. Um, and almost you hear this, like, like yeah, this this cacophony of, of stuff falling as uh, something rushes towards the door. And in, like, a fit of, 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 of energy uh, kind of surprising, the door just flings open. And you see a half-dragon woman. Um, she's... Doesn't, I guess I would say, doesn't look old. Half-dragons can live for a very long time. But she's got a mature air about her. Uh, her eyes are, are, are wide and, and excited, um, just fixed down on you. And she's, she's large. She's 
not quite Arhalon size, but definitely still towers above Zebulon. She's got the the brass dragon sort of crested, almost Triceratops-esque uh, head crest. Um, and she's just 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 beaming. And uh, I have to think of a voice because I didn't expect this character to come up uh, already. <laughs> so I, th- I think as she opens the door, uh, Jules and Chester kind of grab hands <laughs> I just kind of slowly back away just, ah, ah, Zeb- ah. Zebulon reaches into the bag he packed and pulls out um, a few pieces of of sea glass that he got from some traveling merchant who happened to set up at the Citadel uh, you know some some blue some green some purple pieces all s- smooth and soft and round and holds them up hey Gina I I brought you these. She stares down at you and smoke just billows out from her mouth as like a, 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 a sort of a, a gust of flame just lights up her the back of her throat. And she just, Zebulon, oh Zebulon, oh my sweet, my sweet. And she just picks you up and grabs you, like, like <laughs> just pulls you into this ridiculously tight embrace, um, just swinging you around and drops you back down again. How long has it been since you've come back? Oh, Gina, it's, it's, it's been too long. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I've just, I've been busy, you know. Oh, what's this? What's this? And she's just already ignoring you and grabbing the, the, the stuff that you get down. Oh, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. I have just a place for them. I have just a place. Oh, I have new things. I have can, new things. Can, can we come in? Can we keep them? Yes. Yes. And, and I, oh. I motion back to, to my friends as I said, can we? We're just still kind of sitting a little frozen. She, like, turns to you guys and just beams and turns back to Zebulon. Zebulon, who are these? These, these are my uh, my new friends. Um, <gasps> Zebulon, you have friends! I, I lots of friends, Zebulon Gina. has friends! Oh, my Gina, goodness! I'll put on, come on snacks. I'll put on snacks. So many friends. For you guys? I am Jules. Jules! I'm Chester. Oh, oh, they're so nice, Sabulon. You make good friends. Yep, just some of my. Oh, come in, come really in, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in. And she just is, is already disappearing into the door. And what you guys see looking in is just <laughs> piles and piles and piles of just junk and refuse and collections. There's like uh, different novelty, like, like. Uh, goblets and glasses everywhere. Um, bottles of empty wine, just like just like stacked up in one corner. Um, just anything you could think of. Shells, like you said. I mean, this is the Citadel is a place where many many things from many worlds go through, and it looks like one of everything is in this house. So Zebulon's standing to the side of the front door, kind of ushering Jules and Chester in. He says, uh, "Try not to touch anything," which I I know it's gonna be hard, but. He's kind of particular. I don't think you got to worry about any of us touching any of this. <laughs> as you say, she's kind of particular. Jules, you just watch as she like walks up to like one pile of stuff and nods vigorously and just kind of throws the, the sea glass on top of it. <laughs> and just nods again. She's like, perfect. Um, just it's in the middle of the room. It, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but it is it's perfect. And I think she just bustles, almost like you're forgotten, just bustles into the back. And you can just hear her in the in, in, in you know the back of the, the house as you're standing right there, just like, Oh, and I got this from a traveling merchant, you see? It's, it's green, you know I love green. It's my second favorite color. There's also a blue one. Oh, where'd I put that? Hang on. Um, and she's just going on and on. 
Zima, I was... I was hoping that... That we could stay for... For just a little while. <gasps> You're on the stay? If that's okay. I mean, we're... We kind of got into a little bit of a fight, Zina. Oh no, you got into a fight? I was, I was just hoping that we could... Did Arhalon take care of them? I raised him to be strong, you know. Well, hey, uh, this little guy took care of himself. Sabulon, did you? I think she actually notices a sword for the first time there, and she, unlike everyone else in your family, grins this wide grin. Says, oh, my little Zebulon, little warrior, you did! And just rubs your horns. <laughs> well, we're, we're not done with them yet, Zina. Um, Actually, on that note, she rubs his horns. Jules, you note, and it kind of goes along with Zebulon's story, his horns are very different from hers. She has that Triceratops crest where he has these curved, almost ram-like horns. Okay. And you can notice that, like, while she has that shining you know, reflective brass scales. His are a sort of darker matte. Okay. They're just, they're different. We just kind of need to get our strength back up. Maybe, uh, maybe have a snack. Uh, I have snacks. I am a little famished. And and then, and then we'll be on our way. Gina, I swear. I'll get a goat. I'll get a goat. Uh, um. I have goats in here somewhere. Maybe Gina, um. She just said goats? Humans, humans, um, maybe, uh, Crackers? Carrots? What else Crackers? Cheese. Carrots? I have those. Can I help you? I'll find them. You, you, you chat, chat, chat. Have fun. You're friends, Sebulon. And you're, you're tough. It's, it's tough. And she just runs off excitedly and just like burrows into some into a pile and is like looking for something. As you guys are like sort of talking, you can just hear like his piles come crashing down in, in the back. I mean, it's funny because you go into this house and there's no real furniture. It's... It is like an empty building with just piles everywhere. But like, you would know Zebulon and Jules, you probably would kind of, it's, it's pretty basic knowledge that dragons are hoarders. Um, this is, this feels more like a dragon's hoard than a typical actual living situation. There is no furniture, but like the legendary great dragons of lore, Xena must just rest upon her, her treasures. Mm. And her treasures just happen to be everything. <laughs> But I think you guys haven't. I think she managed to find you some some something to you know snack on crackers and whatnot. A uh, little old, not too old though. They're edible. J- just a little stale. More than a little stale. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, but you guys have some time to sort of talk things over. And at some point, she does randomly bring out a a, a flame roasted goat. Jeez. You don't know at what Jeez. point that happened. I think at one point you're just talking. You kind of heard like a. <laughs> Uh, in the background. Shit. Is that the that safe to eat? Well, I mean, it's, it's cooked pretty thoroughly. I don't know how much you know about dragon's breath. But yeah, what the that that that's what concerns me a bit. It's uh, it's it's gonna be okay. It's it's actually it's pretty delicious. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna trust you on this. And so, uh. As you all kind of rest down, there's no table, but you find a, a pile of stuff. You can lay like a flat. I think maybe there's a top of a table with no legs. And you yeah. just slide over a, t- a pile and you all sit around it. And Zena's just sitting there and she's not speaking at all. She's just watching you guys excitedly as you, as you talk and plan. And Zebulon, you know, it doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want in front of her. She'll forget by tomorrow anyway. Well, this whole plan you're coming up with. I, I also don't think that anyone would believe Zena, even if she did 
remember and cohesively. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as someone who is taken advantage of by his family, Zebulon feels like he's sort of doing that now, but he also knows that while Xena's not his birth mother, he knows that she does love him and she does want him to succeed and be safe. So, so there's a tang of guilt, but he knows that if he's, if he's done Xena wrong in any way, he'll make it up to her because there is love. There is love there that is family. Yeah. Yeah. The day turns to night and you guys have a place to stay. You guys have a place to plan. Uh, you have a place to rest for the day. So before you get your long rest, is there anything else you want to do to prepare for your nighttime excursion back into the Court of Whispers? Hey, hey Chester. Um, Zebulon points to a, a, a locked wooden chest nearby. You wanna you wanna show me those tools you got? I love this quick? scenario because you can like say Jebulon points to and there's nothing that won't be in this fucking room. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for artistic Perfect. license, DM. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> anything. Anything anything. Um He's like, Oh yeah, sure. Um he pulls out his uh thieves tools and I think gives you a quick rundown, like all right, yes, you just finesse it in just like this, right? Now, give it an easy turn and listen for it. You hear that? There you are. And... Oh, hey, what? You made it look pretty easy, Chester. Give it a shot. And he hands you a... I think he, this is second lock chest because fucking why not? There's a, Of course there's one next to it. Yeah, of course. There's plenty of them. Chest is a whiz. You're learning from the best here. Gee, cool. Thanks. And, uh, I mean, I'll make a slight of hand roll. Yeah, slight of hand. Ooh. It's an 18. You, at first try, you pop it open. Just like, damn. Kid runs fast, Jules. It's unnatural. Yeah, he might, is. I think I might uh, have a hand for this. I, uh, I shouldn't have wasted that decent roll, but I guess we'll see what happens just, later this morning. You're just warming up. <laughs> it's just a warm-up roll. I'll tell you what. You can keep those. I got more stored away. Hey, thanks, man. And you have thieves tools. Ta-da. You're finally becoming a rogue. That's right. The hey. least roguish rogue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mechanically, a level two rogue would have had thieves tools. But. This archetypical edgy rogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's really all Zeb needs to do before a long rest. All right. Yeah. I, I think I think we're just going to what plan on going just back there and searching the room, you think? Yeah. Sounds good. Go back and, and try to bust in. And I mean, uh, we, we should definitely be prepared for some type of resistance, just in case. Might not be nobody, but there might be somebody. Well, yeah, we know this guy's got at least three goons. I don't know if they sleep there, but we'll find out. Yep. All right. So you guys take a long rest, reset yourselves. We're going to just move across town. We're going to move back to the Court of Whispers. We're going to move back to this... A large brick building surrounded by a large brick wall, a big courtyard leading up to it. Big old broken fountain in the midst of that courtyard, except now it is, wait, I was going to say lit by night, but uh, hmm. well, let's say at nighttime in the Radiant Citadel, the Auroral Diamond's light dims down to the point where it's it's much darker. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it fits. So it's the same 24-hour schedule moody. of day, basically, it's but like for... A, like an ambient nightlight. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So whatever color the the, the the diamond is shining, it always dims at night. I'm envisioning like a salt lamp. 
Maybe with a Ooh. little bit of a pinker hue than orange. All right. Uh, yeah, tonight it's a, it's, okay. a, it's a pink salt lamp. Pink Himalayan salt lamp. So soothing. And uh, under the soothing light, we see three heroes moving onto the scene. Let's just say you're approaching from the front um, towards that towards the opening in the, in, in the courtyard. And I want you to all roll perception checks. Oh. Oh, boy. Okay. I can't see mine, but it looks like a seven or a two. Uh, yeah, you got a seven there. Uh, my pass, I got, I rolled the same with my passive, which is a nine. Okay, uh, you also can roll for a Chester as well. Dear God, Chester, oh, please. Oh, Chester, yes, please. Does he get any modifiers, or is he just super basic? He has good perception, actually. Probably better than both of us. Let me check real quick. I believe he has perception is <clears throat> a plus four. Oh. Oh, Chester, nice. baby, our ringer. He's going to come in clutch in a lot of different ways. Well, yeah, depending on how you roll. So that's 18. Okay, so you guys are moving <laughs> towards this thing, and Chester suddenly goes, Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Listen, listen. What's up? And you all sort of go quiet, and you can hear, like, suddenly muttering, just like, If I see that little tiny dragon this again, I'll make a lizard stew, I will. Stupid, fancy little dragons is all fire. And, and Trace wants a rematch, he does. Trace needs to catch him up and make a stew, he does. You hear the grumbling of a familiar goblin. They're still here. Shit. You hear this. Sounds like it's coming from the other side of the courtyard. Sounds kind of far away. If you want to take a look, you can roll stealth. The other side, are you talking like not the side of the building or not the side that we're on? Um, Basically, the, the only way into this building is the main door at the edge of the courtyard you saw earlier. You are standing just outside the courtyard where there's a... Uh, this you know, brick wall surrounding it, only one opening. So you hear someone from probably around where the door is. Only one voice. Now that Chester pointed it out to you. I mean, I kind of want to make Chester invisible and send him in there. To do what though? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we want to get we want to get the orc. Nope. Yeah. Goblin. Gerblins. We want to get the goblin away from the door, and he's looking for Zebulon. So, Zebulon could make himself known and draw, the, and draw the goblin out. What if we open the door and we stand to the sides so they can't see us? And I cast a minor illusion of Zebulon. Okay. A little All further right. outside so, the so door. Oh, shit. You so have and that? we slip in behind. So, we would have to... Fuck yeah, I have that. So, so, we would have to sneak into the courtyard first... Then cast minor illusion. Do we? I'm just saying we stay outside of the door, and I cast minor illusion a little. Well, because then this guy's going to come out of the courtyard, and he's going to see us. Not if we're standing to the sides of the door, and he's running after Zebulon. Or, I'm into it. I don't know. Just, just a thought. I'm into I, it. I, I got shit we can use in these situations. The, the minor illusion thing is key, and that's just... Yeah, it's a sound or an image. Oh. Well, sound will work fine. It says of an object. I mean... I think I would count it. I think that's fine. Okay. I think that's cool as hell. Yeah, especially if it's just a sound. It must be no larger than a five-foot cube. How tall is Zebulon? Oh, my God. That actually makes Zebulon's shortness. Perfect? I think you're smaller than five <laughs> feet. Yeah, but not a five-foot cube. When you when you cube five, that's, like, smaller. No, no. I believe it's five-foot, like, five-foot oh, tall. Five, foot five by five by five. Yes. yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. All right, fuck it. If, you're, if, if you'll allow it. <laughs> I absolutely will allow it. This is fun as hell. All right, so 
I'm gonna cast an image of Zebulon. Let's say there's no door; it's just an open gateway. So I mean, you, you just open it, opening in the brick wall, so you can just <clears throat> do it. You're gonna have to lure them out. You're gonna have to yell. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'll cast. Uh, I'd say what, 10, 15 feet behind us. Sure. I mean, even just through the opening, you know, yeah. if they're on the other side of the gate, and if and we, if we the... need that, we need them to go out of the gate far right. enough so that we can slip in behind them. Right. So if if the gate's here. Yep. And there's like a five foot opening or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if we're hiding along the wall here. Right. Zebulon's about right back here. Or even if it just walks by, if it starts to walk by, oh. sticks its head in Ooh. and then keeps going sort of I, thing. I, I like that. Leading, leading them the opposite way away <clears throat> from us. Right. I like it. I like it. Okay. So to the timing of the illusion sticking its head into the gate, Zebulon will, will shout out and say, Come and get me, you stinking goblin. What? Wait, what? Who? Where? Um, you just hear like a voice like that. Stupid little dragons. It's him. It's him. I know. It's him. I know. I know. Trace knows. And he looks up and he sees. What does he see, Jules? He sees Zebulon walking right by. You all like, I imagine, tuck back into the wall, kind of keeping yourself small as you hear this goblin fucking tear through this courtyard, um, just bursts out of view and just like charges, he goes in the street and he stops for a second because I imagine the, the, the uh, you see this thing goes by and vanishes and he's like, stops, he looks both ways and then he just goes, where's you, you dragon, oh. and he just charges down the road. It doesn't vanish, it lasts oh. for one minute. How far can it go? 30 feet. Okay, so you just have this thing go 30 feet, maybe yeah. even round the corner. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll go so, as far as it can go. Yeah, just go and have it round the corner, and it just, he, he fucking yep. tears Perfect. down that corner. Yep. You see him just skid around it and just charge out of sight, and the way seems open. Yeah, as, as soon as the goblin's um, away from us, Zebulon's going to run to the door. All right, let, let's move, let's move, let's move. Okay, you guys uh, charge up into the courtyard. You cross it. You go to the door. What do you do? Um, Can we roll another perception check? Yeah, at that I door? Want, exactly. I want to roll another perception at the you door. You may roll another perception. Yep. It's a 15 and a 13. Um, but I'm a minus one, so oh, it's four, a 14. 14, 13. Jester's got a 12. Okay. All right. Hope it's not a DC 15. So you put your ears up against the door. If I'll say, first of all, you don't notice anything. You don't notice any kind of traps, anything like that. You do notice, think with the slightest touch, door seems to be locked. The lock seems simple enough, you know, about the same as the chest you opened earlier. With a 14, that was Chester? Or that was you, Jules? No, Zebulon. 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 With a 14, you do hear very, very faintly from the other side, like a... He's in there, and he's asleep. We're going to have to do this very quietly. That's not exactly my forte, but we'll give it a shot. Why don't you stay and be a lookout? You have other spells that could be of use. Just then, I will stay out here. And here. Let me make you invisible. Does the whispering transfer well into audio? I don't know. We're going to find out. Okay. Do you want to check? <laughs> I think it does. I'm pretty sure it does. All right, sounds good. I think we're fine. But let's stop the recording and double check because uh, you got me freaking out about it. Sounds good. We can get a little closer too. Whisper. 
and we're back, folks. Whispering is okay for the recording. <laughs> it picks that up just fine. Let's continue with the story. Hey, Jules, what do you want me to do? You and I are going to make sure that he stays safe. All right. Okay, if that goblin comes back. We clock him. Clock him. Gotcha. All right, Zeb, do your thing. I give you a little poke. You get invisible. And, and from the invisible air, do you guys have any idea where somebody might hide a, a diamond recorder? You might have a safe in there. A safe. Or some type of lockbox lock box where he keeps it. Maybe, oh. maybe he's nightstand. Maybe, maybe. Ah, shit. Or maybe, maybe he keeps it on him. I don't know. Your, your guess is as good as mine. None of these sound like really convenient options for me. I mean, this whole thing isn't convenient, but... I might get lucky. He was expecting us to come inside, right? Maybe he had this stuff ready for us. Maybe it's uh, on his desk. Could, could be. Well, I'll, I'll leave that, uh, I'll leave that executive decision-making to you when you're in there. Well, I guess there's nothing to do now but to sneak in. All right, gotta pick that lock. Yep. Just gonna roll sleight of hand. Ooh, 15 plus seven, 22. Real quiet, real smooth. Nice. Oh, nice Whoa. roll, Zab, nice roll. Yeah, that was a good one. I, uh, I'm saving I'm saving that button. I'm saving that button for when it really, really counts. Yep. Um, I should mention that when he actually goes in and gets in, Chester and I are moving kind of off to the side. We're not just going to stand right out in the middle of the door. We're going to kind of stand to the sides. Into the shadows. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, so what does Zebulon see when he gets into this, into the front door? Uh, you push open this door and you look into this, this is this very, uh, dimly lit room. I think there's a magical lighting in here, but it's set real low. So you can barely make out this, this room. Um, it's basically just kind of open entrance way. There's some like old kind of, kind of, you know, ripped couches off to the sides, almost like a waiting room. Maybe there's like a classic sort of like little table filled with all sorts of Radiant Citadel magazines. You know, you see like a couple of luminaries on the cover. And uh, you see there's a spiral staircase in the uh, back left corner going up to a second floor. Um, it's very simple, very small staircase. There is a door heading off to the right and a door heading off to the left and another door all the way in the back. Now the door heading off to the left is cracked open and you can hear the snoring coming from there. Just realized if we wanted to take a really darker tune, you could probably kill this guy really easily. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that would mean for the grander story. Don't just straight up assassinate someone. I mean, you could go for it. Um, which door is closest to this I'm going to call it an interview couch. Uh, I would say that's the one in the far back of the room. Okay. My thought process being that if Rune is interviewing someone to be a luminary and they decide to move forward, he's not going to be like, okay, come up the spiral staircase with me and seal the deal. You know what I mean? My guess is that it's going to be the door closest to that initial meeting spot where he's gonna have his work office. So Zebulon wants to go to that back door okay. and try to get inside the room. I think you're passing by that, that door that's slightly open. You just got something here like a 
20 carrots. Uh, uh, sorry. Would I get would I get mechanical advantage if I like were able to close the door and potentially muffle any sound that I would make? I believe so. Yeah, I think you recognize the voice inside as the voice of another one of these brutes that attacked you, the Haringon. Oh, it's not even. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Go ahead and roll stealth if you want to close the door, though, because it sounds like there's more guards, but one of them is sleeping at least. Yeah, I think I think I would rather take my chances. No, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to roll stealth to try and shut the door. If you do this, I will drop... Um, I will basically give them mechanical disadvantage, which means it's a negative five to passive perception. Okay, now it's worth it. Yep. Now it's worth it. Um, I think this is the time to use the button. Okay. I think this is the time to use the button because I can use, if I use the button now and I succeed, then I get that, I, I impose that disadvantage the whole time I'm in there. Okay. So this is this is the smart move, I think. So here's my here's my button. I'll take that I'm button. I'm rolling twice. Gladly. To shut a fucking door. Okay. Thank God, because the first roll was a crit fail, natural one. Oh my God, could you imagine? Second roll, seven plus seven is 14. Okay. So I don't feel great about this. Okay. But I feel it's, way better. It's better than... Than a natural one. Yep. Critical you fail. You move up to this door real quiet, and you grab the door, and you go to close it. And just as it like goes to click in the lock, I think that's the oh, tiniest. It was a DC 15, just the wasn't tiniest it? Tiniest bitch. Shit. Squeak. And you just sit there for this frozen moment and you just hear 20 more carrots. Nothing else. Holy shit. I just. Uh, Holy shit. I just pooped my pants. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Now, Stephen, the player, has an understanding that maybe these other two doors down here are other bedrooms where other people are sleeping. So Zeb's going to go over and roll perception at each door, try to see if he can hear anybody sleeping, snoring inside. Okay. I'll roll my own dice for something real quick and smirk at the result. <laughs> I got two good rolls. I mean, it's a minus one to perception, so I got a, a 16 and a 15 total. You don't hear anything, but you look at one of those doors, and either one of those would give you knowledge that uh, one of these doors actually has a glyph of warding. The one off to the right of the room, not to the back of the room, oh. has a glyph of warding um, kind of like around the, the handle. So it looks like if you were to open that, some magic shit would happen. Huh. Oh, no. So is that... Is that to protect himself or to protect his equipment? And Zebulon would have no way of disarming a glyph of warding, would he? Because it's magical. You could roll Arcana. Yeah. Give it a shot. That That's not going to happen. And if you'd rolled bad, bad things would happen. Yeah. So the door that doesn't have the glyph of warding, if I try the door, is that one locked? You go to try the door, it's unlocked. I don't need to keep making stealth rolls. I think 
I think Zebulon's gonna have to go upstairs because I'm not going in the room with the glyph of warding. I didn't hear anything behind the second door. Well, you know what? I didn't hear anything behind the second door. You didn't. And it's unlocked. It's unlocked. It's by all the, the interview stuff. Okay. Zebulon's gonna sneak into that room. All right, I'll roll over your uh, your general stealth and you'll push it open. And you see a desk in the back corner of a large sort of round room, this kind of big ornate desk. Uh, there's not a whole lot else in here except for just way too much decor. It is maybe the tackiest room you've ever seen in your life. Sounds like Rune, the Rune that we know. I think, like, you walk in this room and there's, like, animal pelt rugs, but it's all of them. It's every one, but, like, stitched together to make one gigantic, god-awful, super animal pelt rug. It's all the animals. It's all the animals. It is It is just... As if this guy wasn't detestable enough. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, fuzzy dice. Couple fuzzy D20s hanging from uh, the edge of the desk. I don't know. Seems like a good, tacky thing. Yeah, it's definitely tacky. Yeah. God, now, now I want fuzzy D20s for my car. Yes, that sounds awesome. <laughs> they they, they, they got, they got to make them somewhere. If they don't sell that, we're cutting this. Yep. Guess what you also see? Tell me. Sitting right out in the middle of the desk is the gleam of a diamond. Oh my God! Even Zebulon knows. Can't be this easy. This is just child's play. And he doesn't see anything. There's like, there's not like a stack of these diamond recorders around where it could be mistaken for a different one. You don't see any. Huh. There's a number of papers on the desk as well, all kind of spread out neatly. You can't Um, make it out from here, though. Okay. Sabian Law would like to approach the desk to get within arm's reach of the recorder and to also see what's on these papers. I'll say the room's also pretty dark, except for there is another one of those dimly lit lamps, just like magic lamps on the desk. Yeah, there is. Shining down with very, you know, just a little bit of light over just the papers and such you see, and that's what's catching you. Your eye is the the light shining off of this diamond. This is, uh, this is really difficult because Jeremy as a player really wants to discuss your options here. <laughs> But I really can't, because I'm not in there with you. <laughs> I can't say shit. Well, well, let's let's see what the papers say, and, and then we might have some out of yeah. character stuff to say about it. Yeah, I mean, my initial reaction was you should fucking take the papers too. I don't that's care. what I'm, I don't care, I'm thinking. I don't care what but they are, take them. Yeah, maybe. You move up to the papers, and as you reach over to the desk, as your hand reaches out for the diamond, as your eyes fall onto the text, we cut outside for a moment. <sighs> you bastard. Shit. Hey, we're only two more perception checks, Jeremy. Oh, dear Lord. It's a nine. Nat 20. Nat 20. Okay. Who's the nat 20? Chester. So you guys are uh, hanging out, basically just waiting. I think that you left the door open, right? The Zebulon went in. You're kind of standing off to the side of the door. Yes. Um... We're going to need a definitive answer, Jeremy. I feel like we would have closed it. Not all the way. Like faux okay. closed? Yeah. And enough to make it look like it was actually still closed. Like, not like it's fucking wide open. Just that's, so it doesn't just, Yeah, just so it doesn't alarm anybody that comes back and sees it. Gotcha. 
Uh, that's good, because as you're standing there, Chester suddenly puts a finger up and says, Oh shit, Jules, listen! And a moment later, you hear, Stupid little dragons is going away again. He'll be back, says he will, but I'm not getting fired Chester and I are immediately going to run up to the sides of the gate. Okay. Like, what are you thinking? On, Just the, like, in, on the insides of the gate. Oh, like to the oh. opposite side of the courtyard? Yes. Okay, uh, you need a yep. little stealth for this just because you're going to be moving pretty quickly there while he's also moving. Okay. So, yeah, to see if you make sound while you're crossing. Um, it's pretty open, you know, cobble, so no, no rustling grass or brush, but... Is that the same roll twice? Yeah, we got a 7 and a 10. Okay. Um, Chester also gets uh, proficiency, so he gets plus 2 on his on top of the... On top of the 4? Oh, no, just the four, sorry. Yep. Seven and the ten. Okay. Okay, just making sure. Uh, so. He was trying to give you an out. I was trying to help. Um, <laughs> so. You go to move across, and I think, like, you hit, like, there's a loose cobble, and, like, you hit that, and you can't hear, like, the, the cobble comes up and slides across the stone. Okay, that's fine, but we're still running to the sides of the gate. Yep, you get over there, but you just kind of hear on the other side, like, what's that? Hey! Okay. It's a dragon as it is! It gets inside! And uh, you see a moment later this figure running into the area. The moment he gets in, I'm taking off my burlap sack and throwing it over him. <laughs> oh, oh, my right. God. What is Chester doing? Is he assisting in the... Is he going to give you help action? Chester would have a rope, would he not? Yeah. He does second story work. So I'm going to throw the burlap sack over this guy, hold it down over his head as tight as I can, and Chester's going to come in and wrap him up. All right. Um, you're going to have a strength competition with this goblin. Okay. But you're going to get advantage because Chester's giving you the help action. Perfect. Thank God for advantage. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, one more chance. I why do I forget about advantage literally about five seconds after you say I have advantage? This is like the second time this has happened. Well, that's, a, that's another one that would have I'm been I'm just in, in the moment. One. Yeah, it was in that one. Gosh. That would have been bad. Chester's got your back. Now this is the roll. Always. 20. Much better. It's a natty 19. You, so I love this because I think you you get the, you, you grab this guy and I think with that natural one, we're going like, to kind of play this out where suddenly you kind of feel him start fighting back like tremendously strong. Um, I think I kind of have an oh shit moment. Yeah, you're kind of your oh shit moment. You're being pushed back, and this sack's coming off, and then Chester comes through with a rope, and like as he kind of wraps his rope around him and pulls him, I think he like trips the goblin who falls over, and then you kind of regain your strength, and the two of you together just like jump on this guy, and you tie this sack tight, and you just have this wriggling figure in the middle of the courtyard that you're both standing over. As we're pulling him down, I actually I grab Chester's knife, and when we get him down, I'm gonna say. Don't say a word or we'll slit your fucking throat. No, please. Shut up. Holy shit. You stay quiet. I'll stay quiet. I'll stay quiet. I will. I will. I will. All right, now just relax for a couple minutes. Just relax. Holy shit, dude. These guys are fucking like street dudes. Scrappy. Yeah. Holy Scrappy. shit. So. Wow. And let's, uh, Wow. Do you think I, this I, is the first time that Jules has ever put a knife to somebody's throat? No. That's, I didn't think so either. I got to be honest, it surprised me. <laughs> wow. I, can, I couldn't think of anything else to do. <laughs> it's intense. It, it fits because I feel, like, I feel like we don't know the depths of Jules' street life and the Cherry Delight's street life. 
I feel mm-hmm. like we see them and it's all very Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, bubblegum and sing song. <laughs> yeah. But but when it all comes down to it, this group is going to do whatever the fuck it takes to survive. Mm-hmm. And I guess sometimes that's putting a knife to a dude's throat. When it comes down to it, Oliver mm-hmm. Twist was dark as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of child slave labor. It was bad. In Oliver we'll, Twist. Uh, no, we'll, uh, we bleed for our own. Hell yeah. Back inside, you reach the desk and you look down and you see, well, you see a lot of things, Zebulon. Firstly, uh, you see that, uh, well, there's the diamond, of course, that I don't know if you want to do anything with it. I'll tell you this, actually. Um, you should know how these things work, generally speaking. If you were to, like, say, activate one of these diamonds, uh, normally that would require, like, different words, simple phrase words. If it's if it's a diamond that's been um, enchanted by the auroral diamond, that's what a recording diamond is, basically. Um, it has to be a diamond worth at least 300 gold, and it's enchanted, and then you can record by saying record. You can stop by saying stop. You can transfer by saying transfer to other diamonds or to the Citadel itself. And you can play by saying play. And you can see what happens. It's projected out of the uh, sort of top lens, the the, the, the sort of crystals that uh, the projectors that the, the crystal network uses. These diamonds can slot into them. The diamonds themselves only work on the Citadel. Different gems have to work on different worlds. On Tythos, for instance, a sapphire world, only sapphires would showcase. Um, but basically, you do it. It would like uh, the diamond from the Citadel would would transfer out and uh, or, or transmit out images that would play off of the gem for each world. So a, a sapphire in the sapphire world would capture any images or, or automatically play any images that were um, transmitted from the auroral diamond. It's it's a lot. We'll we'll, we'll ramp up to it. Um, so. The diamond you have here, you could play it, and it won't actually make any sound because you don't hear anything from these projections. But when your eye catches them, when you see them, the sounds equated with it will will, will basically essentially play in your mind, and you will hear everything so long as your eyes linger on the image. Hmm. That's how these uh, these transmissions work. So let's let's deal with that. After I learned about what's on the papers. Uh, the first set of papers are actually, it looks like, almost like applications. There's three different applications. The top of the paper says um, Tanatha's sidekick agency. You see there is a uh, one filled out by the total knight of Zinda, Jean Franklin. You see there's one filled out by the Harangan berserker of... Uh, God's Breath, Pepper, and you see there's one filled out by the Goblin Warrior of Atagua, uh, Trace. All right. So I'm going to leave those duly noted. There's more papers, too. Oh, thanks that there were three papers. So there's, there's those three, but there's other stuff, too, I'm saying, apart from this. <clears throat> I'll let you finish. On top of that, there are also two writs of passage to the world of Sebsenko. And they're made out for Zebulon Brass and Jules LaRoche. All right. And I think there's also another paper that's just a quick rundown, uh, you know, a map and sort of a brief summary rundown of a place known as the Dinsing Night Market. And you realize that this was all stuff laid out for you should you've had that meeting. It's still there. Maybe 
maybe uh, Rune Rasan was being hopeful the meeting could still happen. But you don't know what his intentions were, though, to send you to this place. Zebulon's going to grab the map, the two writs of passage, and he's going to lean into the diamond and say, Transfer. Do you have a diamond on you? Isn't... No, you, oh, sorry. You, in order to bring it to the Citadel, you have to touch it to the to the like main sort oh, of studio. Oh, well, that's totally sorry, different sorry. than just saying transfer. Sorry, you can transfer images between I different thought, diamonds. Like, uh, I thought it was like Wi-Fi, like on the Citadel. You can say transfer. <laughs> it's the fantasy sorry. cloud. Okay, well now you're gonna make me steal this diamond. Yeah, it's worth 300 gold. I this mean, is a real is, theft. Isn't isn't that what we were doing? Well, I know, but if I had the option to just transfer it without stealing this bad dude's diamond, yeah. he's going to take it. Zebulon's not as fearless as Jules and the Cherry Delights. This is his moment, though. All right. This is what starts it all. Zeb's, Zebulon's going to scoop the diamond, the the map, and the... Are they writs or rights? Rites of passage? Writs of passage? I thought it was like writs. Writs crackers of passage? W-R-I-T-S, writs. Oh, God, now I want some Ritz crackers. I thought. I could be wrong. Uh, email Steven and let us know. I just thought, like, a rite of passage is... Anyways, I'll yeah, take those. It, so you just snatch basically know. everything important off the desk. Everything important. Okay. And move to move to leave. You turn around. Great. Shit. And immediately see there's a figure standing in the doorway. And the figure says, Well... Isn't that interesting? I'm still invisible. Yep, but he just saw a bunch of shit disappear off the desk. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I can't see you, but I'm assuming you're one of those that came by earlier. If you just hear me out for a second, just a second, I want to apologize for earlier. I went a little far. I, well, I could say I... I overestimated you a bit, so I, I, I did not intend to kill anyone, I, I assure you, but I had certain orders and I really needed the work. It, it's not an excuse. Are you still there? Zebulon's going to use cunning action to dash out of there. Okay. Oh. He's right in the middle of the door, so you'll need to roll acrobatics to kind of like weave past him. Oh, shit. I'll make that roll. Oh, no. <laughs> What's your roll? It was a bad roll. <laughs> okay. It was a nine. And that's with a plus five. Yep. Four oh. plus five. Oh, no. You go to run out of there, and I think, like, you um, try to move past this turtle, and I think he, he sort of turns just the, the same turtle? time. It's the turtle. That's the voice. The turtle? Oh, it sorry. is. Yeah. I assumed it was Rune. No, this was a turtle. Um, so you go to move past this turtle, and I think you, like, collide, and he, like, moves in one way. Maybe he, like, hatches onto something, like, some movement to his left, and he just immediately brings an arm out, and you have run into his arm. And he's pretty bulky, so you can almost bounce off him. It's like, wait, 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 look. I should also mention at this juncture that the spell does not end when yeah. being touched. So you still, you're still invisible. Spell. So I, I don't know which one of them you are, but listen. I don't want to work for this criminal anymore, right? He was, his intention was to send one of us with you. That's why our applications are on the table. My name is Jean Franklin Mondelio. 
I am, without doubt, the greatest and most noble warrior you could possibly have on your side if you're planning anything big. I know that you people have influence, otherwise Rune would not be interested in you. I'm not interested in Rune. I won't say anything, just... I think he steps to the side. If you are in, are in need of extra hands, come and find me. And Zebulon walks over to the desk and he takes the map of the night market and drops it on the desk. And he says, if you have any nobility at all, go take the map. And then he waits for Jean Franklin to move towards the map and then he'll leave the room at the opening. Okay, and he actually already had, had, had moved to the side to let you pass. I know, but it wasn't as dramatic as what I okay. wanted to do. So he, he slowly walks in and uh, he's walking towards it and he's like speaking to the air because he has no idea where you are at this point. So he's kind of turning his head this way and that. I know what his intentions were. I know why he's sending you there. You could use the information and you don't need to work with Rune to get it. I just want a simple sidekick's wage. It's not much. Mostly I need the, uh, well, I need to, I need to be seen. I need to be known by the people, but my people aren't very popular, and something about my personality uh, intimidates everyone around me. If, if you want to know more, just, just seek me out, and he goes to the map and picks it up. Mila's lair is sundown next day. Where? He runs out of the room. He's holding a map to the night market. (laughs) Okay. 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 So, ooh, that means you have a set plan for when you're doing this. Holy shit. All right. And you go to leave. Yeah, you pass pass the Harangon, who's still just snoring away in the room. Uncomfortably, I think you hear the name Sholei. Oh, Lady Sholei, please, you mustn't. Oh, wow. Oh, gross. And uh, you pass that. You pass that That's character. My grandmother. <laughs> and you step out to the courtyard, and immediately you uh, see uh, a scene of, of Jules and Chester leaning over this, this goblin, all bound up in a sack with their knives out. So I'm going to run up onto the scene on the far side of all of them, lean down to the goblin and say, if you want to be famous, don't say a fucking word. And then I'll tap Jules and Chester on the shoulders and run. And we get up and go. We we uh we leave him there, bound and with the sack over him. All right. And I'm fully aware that I just left my cloak. <laughs> yeah. But your shield. Essentially. <laughs> no, not the not the shitty sack cloak. <laughs> It was integral I, to the character. I don't really think I have a choice, though. Maybe I'll get it back if he comes. <laughs> All right. With John Franklin. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But two... All I know is three thieves now are uh, are leaving this place behind and disappearing into the night once again, heading away from this place and deeper into the Citadel. I, I think once once we get around a few corners... Um, especially when Chester and Jules say that the coast is clear. Zebulon's going to want to duck into some back alley and watch the footage on the diamond. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, something mechanically that I just thought of 
you're you're invisible for an hour. <laughs> well, I think you can. I think on on command you can turn it off, right? You can become uninvisible. I think. I don't know. It doesn't say that. You can it's, just. It I think says you it can. Ends on a, I think so. It's, it's like if you're attacking, you just attack the wall real quick, like and then I'm you gonna, stab the wall. Okay, I'm gonna punch Jules in the punch, belly. You punch Jules. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we could play that out. <laughs> <laughs> turn me back, damn it! Um, All right, yeah, we'll we'll say that happened. Yeah. You go and you you play the recording, and I think you just see because um, you don't think you have the fine tune of this thing to like know how to like get to certain parts yet. Um, so I think you're kind of watching through this this, and you see a lot of like chaos on Tythos and Jules. You're watching this too, and it's probably really hard to see because you're watching people high and low city both uh, folk both being killed by by these electric creatures. I imagine I see people I know. Yeah, yeah. Now I said that these things can be transferred over, so it's interesting. You're seeing clips that are like like aren't all in one stream. It's like different um, images, but uh, it's basically you're seeing a lot of devastation on Tithos. You see a moment where one of these things actually appears. Um, the lightning strikes down. You see the cobbles explode out from beneath it, and this thing is standing there. And I think at that, Jules, you feel the presence of that uh, that fragment that was given to you. By fibro, you feel it in your bag, like it's just touching the back of your, the back of your spine. God, this is—it feels gross. I'm, I'm sorry, Jules. I, I just wanted to see if we got the goods. Yeah, it looks like we did. We cut to a moment where you see, from a from the perspective of like some person standing between two like high stone towers, maybe like standing in kind of an alley, uh, looking across this large expanse to where a number of smaller buildings line, um, just line up, and you see the cherry delights all fanned out. You see one of these creatures goes charging towards them, and you see jewels just vanish, reappear behind it, reaches a hand out, and this thing fucking explodes like a fucking... 90s, what do you call them? Like, 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 like disco toy. Holy shit, Jules, you got some hits in too. Oh, how was that? We see, uh, we see Zebulon at the top of the ramp. You see one of these creatures comes forward and he just kind of weaves to the side and just, whoa, 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 an X pattern right through this thing. And again, just like in a burst, just almost like the energy just leaks out of it into the, into the fucking ether. Um, we see him shit his pants afterwards. Was, was was that you, Zeb? Is it okay if I call you Zeb? It's, uh, it's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> that was pretty badass, I gotta say. What was that? What's that move that you did? Uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. Is that like kung fu? Another time. And we actually hear, I think, after Zebulon, you 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 strike this thing down, and you like strike kind of a pose, and maybe I don't think you notice the shakiness in your legs as you're watching this. Um, and you can hear like cheering and people like, whoa, someone is so nice in there. Oh, and people are just like losing their minds at this. And the footage cuts soon after. Let's get out of here. I uh, guess I'm not going to be the only superstar around here, Jules Roach. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I think you just say that and maybe you guys, do you, are you going to call it a night and head? Where, where do you go back to sleep? Because you haven't checked one of the cherry delights in a while. Actually, you know what? There is one more thing I forgot to mention that is on the recording you see. Just after Zebulon, you see one more clip. And I think, Jules, you breathe a hefty sigh of relief when you see you see in the mouth of the alley a, 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 a man in leather, a big brutish man leather is moving away from you, exposing his back as he's limping out. 
and you don't kill this man. And he gets away. We got the good stuff. This is gonna this is gonna launch us to the front of the line. I never cared about being at the front of the line. Whether if it'll help my people. I'll go along with you. We can do this together. Well, with your help, Jules, I think we can really make something out of me. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. uh, We'll make a man out of you yet. (laughs) So, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call it there. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.